Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Avon. I don't think it, I think it's a question of um, when and not if uh, for organisations who who have that ambition, they're able to uh, leapfrog organisations in other parts of the world, build ERP systems, sourcing solutions, negotiation practices that actually are leading rather than following uh, some of their counterparts around the world. All across the business landscape and on this podcast. We talk a lot about procurement maturity. Whether it's procurement transformation, centralising a worldwide procurement function, or implementing and embracing procurement 4.0, these are all topics that, ultimately, when you break them down, are defined by maturity. Procurement maturity is something that will continue to dominate the landscape. But how do we define it? In the Middle East, procurement, in line with the global procurement evolution, is growing at an exponential rate, and it has been for some time. And as we look to emerge from a COVID-19 world, where the impacts have been and will continue to be felt by many organisations, let's cast our minds back to the start of 2020. The procurement conversation in the Middle East had gathered incredible momentum. So where would we say the Middle East was in terms of its own procurement maturity? So procurement in the Middle East was... was, um still a de- developing function and to to certain extent if you're looking at uh, certain parts of the world uh still lagged behind um other parts of the world in terms of overall maturity and recognition of the function itself so, so that's where we, where we were um pre-covid and i think everyone involved um in the profession at any level recognized that so uh, significant efforts were going on to to improve that and they have been going on uh for many many years to to try and elevate procurement um you know the the, the typical um you know get can procurement be elevated to the boardroom level can we get a seat at the table can the voice of procurement um be part of more strategic business conversations that sort of thing so so the the efforts to to bring procurement to the fore, procurement and supply chain really to the fore in the region have been going on for a while uh and like everything else i guess um since covid uh covid has accelerated those efforts significantly i, I think it's just a, a question of business maturity i think it's as simple as that you you, f- you find certain parts of the world i mean i mean sips has been ex- established since 1932 uh was established I- in the uk so that means there's there has been existing a professional body um formally representing the profession of purchasing as it was then called since 1932 in the uk um that that wouldn't be the case in in many other parts of the world, not just the Middle East, um, uh, until recently. And as as business practices in general have progressed, uh, so has procurement. So, so it, is, it isn't unique to procurement. Uh, it, it's 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 in a way it's in tandem with other professions. Um, you know how how strategic or professional maybe finance functions are, maybe how strategic or professional HR functions are. Uh, are, but 
procurement has, uh, I, I guess, necessarily, well, unnecessarily lagged uh, for a period of time, not specific to region, but specific to the growth in business practices. But as this region continues to grow as, as a hub and a, a centre of excellence in, in many other areas, uh, that's where the push to bring procurement to the fore has happened. And, and sometimes if you're in a region where you're really accelerating growth uh, expertise and innovation in, in any area, um, it can be a struggle to, to make the, you, you know, the resulting business practices keep up. Uh, but, but that's where we are now, uh, ma- making sure that happens. What is it that makes procurement great? What separates the all-star procurement teams from their middle-of-the-road peers? How does an organisation measure up against best-in-class procurement? And what exactly is best-in-class procurement? There's no right or wrong answer, of course, but there is benchmarking, a process of measuring and continuously improving an organization's processes, procedures, and policies against so-called best practice. Doing so allows an organization to identify opportunities to create value, prioritize areas for improvement, compare performance against customer expectations, and identify where change is necessary. This is where SIPS comes in. Looking at the Middle East in particular, on its journey towards true procurement maturity, just how important is it for an organisation to partner with the likes of SIPS to do exactly that, benchmark against the very best in the world? Yeah, I think I think it's vitally important in in a you know in a growing economy in a, in a growing business sector uh, to be able to benchmark. So, so you, you need to know where you are. You need to have something that you're aspiring to and you're measuring yourself against. Uh, so that's where we come in because uh, you know we, with SIPS we operate across um, almost 150 countries. Uh, we have regional losses across each continent. So so we we do and have been working with with uh, different organisations, uh, whether multinationals, NGOs, or governments for many many years so the benefit we have is we're able to have that helicopter view and say uh, you are a government department or you're a multinational organization or you're a retail function or you're an oil and gas and and in procurement terms in terms of best practice uh, for the best organizations this is how we see them operating uh, and, and how do we know that because we've worked with them we've gone through uh, you know procurement excellence programs and we're able to um, a, 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 as an institute we're able to to acknowledge when we benchmark them against um, uh, a standard uh, we're able to say that they are either uh, here here or there uh, and subsequently we're, we're then able to say to organizations in the Middle East and therefore you are uh, at, at the same uh, equivalency in terms of maturity or capability uh, um, or performance as another organization somewhere else in the world so so, so that's where the benefit comes into it and uh, you know, organisations here are very aspirational. They're very ambitious, and and I think what we do find uh, in procurement and in other areas is that they're not really just looking to um, aspire to be like an organisation somewhere in the world. They're, they're always aspiring to be better. They're always aspiring to be world leading, uh, and that that's quite refreshing for us because. Um, they they are able to look with with fresh eyes and with innovative eyes uh, to be not just as good as uh, your equivalent organisation but better and also to look for different ways to do that which is where um, organisations here are able to adopt uh, you, know, you know some of the technological solutions um, a lot quicker 
perhaps than even um, um, organizations in other parts of the world. So they're, they're really able to adapt. They're able to leapfrog um, existing practices that may have actually gone out of date anyway. Uh, and, and, and they have the benefit of being able to adopt uh, innovative practices without having to transform from, from, from old and embedded practices. A number of years ago, Sam and I spoke about the future of procurement in the Middle East. At the time, Sam spoke of how a larger number of experienced professionals are being put at the very top of procurement functions to start filtering down and embedding best practice across all of their staff and all of their functions. He firmly believed that the region will one day become the center of excellence and the gold standard, as it were, for procurement. Three years later, does he still believe that? Oh, undoubtedly, I think, um, and it's 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 the old cliche of it's not a question of um, if but when. Um, I, I think what you have is organisations out here who are very ambitious, very innovative, uh, very keen to be at the forefront of of uh, business operations and and um, uh, not only maturity but performance. So when it comes to procurement. Um, they're very ambitious, very keen to have the best systems in place. So those that have that ambition, um, in this day and age, in the, in the COVID age, they're, they're very blessed that there is an abundance of technology that serves procurement and supply chain uh, that they're able to utilize. And there's a huge adoption of um, um, technology relevant to procurement and supply chain um, in this region. And for that reason alone, uh, I, I can I can really see um, the organizations out here really leapfrogging others around the world and and, and, and fulfilling that ambition to be to be world leading um, where it comes to procurement and supply chain uh, you see a real adoption of all sorts of solutions whether it's um, you know dashboard desourcing systems um, supply relation management systems or, or a whole gamut of solutions that allow um, practitioners to be a lot more strategic and, and less transactional. Um, and the added benefit that organizations have here is that um, at the point that that they are um, fully versed and fully engaged with procurement at the very highest level, uh, they already have these tools at their disposal. They don't have to learn them. They don't have to unlearn anything. Um, so they're perfectly placed um, to, to, to really be world leading. Over the last 12 months, we've spoken countless times about how procurement has stepped into the spotlight and helped businesses survive and thrive at a time of great uncertainty. During a crisis, one would be forgiven for reverting back to the old ways of simply looking at keeping the costs down and ensuring a sustainable future. But what's been fascinating to see is that in actual fact, this has not been the case at all. More and more, we've heard of how organisations have aggressively pushed back against the idea of force majeure and gone above and beyond to work with suppliers and partners to ensure that not only will there be a continued revenue stream when we come out of COVID, there will also be a relationship that has taken on a whole new meaning. A relationship that will play a key role in defining the future. I think to a certain extent they can be a mixed bag. I think you mentioned that uh, um, you know some organisations can revert to form and, and and look at the bottom line and start to save costs. But but I'll say by and large um, it's been very very positive because what's happened is um, senior leaders have have reverted 
to the procurement functions that they already have in place, um, looking for strategic solutions to to, to um, navigate themselves um, sufficiently out of out of COVID. Uh, and I, I think the difference between um, you know the pandemic and maybe a recession or, or, or other events which require um, procurement to take a, a leading role of any description is that with the pandemic uh, the, the the issues are multifaceted so it's not just about reducing costs for the bottom line it's it's also making sure you have resilient supply chains it's also making sure that you mitigate risks it's also making sure that uh, your contracts are robust and you have um, sustainable relationships with your suppliers. Now, all of these things uh, already exist as best practice um, uh, recommended solutions and actions within procurement and supply. So all that's happening now is that procurement are being empowered to um, engage and implement the solutions that they're, they're well-placed to implement. And, and I guess to a certain extent have been chomping at the bit to do for a very long time. So, um, so yes, there is the aspect of uh, people going back and saying, uh, look, we need to reduce that bottom line. Great, that's that's a, a tool very high up in the procurement agenda. Uh, but they also realize that, you know, some of these things have to be sustainable. And uh, and again, that falls into procurement's lap and procurement are able to um, come up with those solutions. And, and you know, by doing that, it's uh, in turn propelling that uh, that role or that positioning of a procurement function uh, back to where uh, people have always wanted it to be at the strategic level and rather than at the transactional level. Ultimately, organizations that had strategic relationships in place with their suppliers pre-COVID are the ones that are faring better and the ones that will see a clearer path out of the pandemic. That that that's That seems uh, a, an obvious answer here. However, a survey that we carried out in March 2020 uh, bore that out because uh, in March 2020, the pandemic hadn't even uh, really fully uh, hit every aspect of businesses. But it, even then, in the survey we carried out, the vast majority of, organi of, of organizations said things such as um, they plan to have closer relationships with their, with their suppliers um, since COVID has happened. So that proves that, um, you know, they, they see the benefit of those relationships. They can see the value that having a close relationship with suppliers has uh, in coming up with joint solutions out, out of common problems. Uh, but if you didn't have that relationship already, then, you, then you're already a step behind. So if you have, uh, you know, if you have competitors uh, of yours uh, that already had that strategic relationship with their suppliers, uh, they're able to kick on uh, a lot quicker with coming up with solutions um, at, at, out of COVID rather than to, to start putting solutions in place then. So you'll find things such as um, in our survey, we asked um, or we found out that, the, that there was a significant amount of um, organizations who uh, found out that deliveries um, were going to be late, uh, deliveries of whatever supplies, uh, materials, components uh, were going to be late after the delivery date has passed. Now, um, that, that shows the inherent risk you have if you don't have that strategic relationship with your supplier because, uh, conversely, organizations that were working strategically with their, with, with their supply base, um, especially with their key suppliers, would have known that. So they, they would have uh, been in the position to come up with risk mitigation strategies um, to, to, to overcome those, those supply chain disruptions. So 
supplies working hand hand in hand there, there's the, there's the legal and contractual risks um people were talking about um you know force majeure how it applies in a business environment again um if you take away the the legal elements of that you'll you'll be more successful in in coming up with solutions um whether or not you have key clauses in your contract uh, the more strong your relationship with your supplier is and then you go into other areas because undoubtedly um, during COVID, yet yeah, you, you you will have to seek new supplies um, uh, within the commodities you already buy. Um, you know some of those supplies may fall by the wayside. So again, having having uh, resilience and having um, proper risk mitigation strategies, you would have um, you know Plan Bs and Plan Cs, uh, which and if you had those in place already, that would directly affect. Um, the uh, the impact of price increases um, when you switch into different supplies. So I think all all around since COVID, which is a totally unforeseen situation, uh, nothing that anyone could have fully mitigated against because um, even people who um, uh, take the approach of um, perhaps you know the world in general should not have put. Um, all of their eggs in in one basket in terms of China, um, even that doesn't really bear out because um, if you put all your eggs in the basket initially in Italy, you you would have faced the same disruptions in the first kind of months of of, of the pandemic. So the the key thing is is to have a risk mitigation strategy um, which is aligned with your supply base. And uh, companies who have done that, organisations who have done that, uh, are uh, the key thing is they're able to emerge a lot quicker uh, and more successfully uh, from those who start to put those strategies in place once the, 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 uh, something like a pandemic has already kicked off. The next 12 months will undoubtedly play a key role in determining what the future of procurement will look like, not only in the Middle East, but across the whole world. But what will be key to ensuring that we take the right steps today in order to create a solid foundation for the procurement of tomorrow? I think it's the continuing ad- adoption of technology. Uh, that, that's that's absolutely key um, uh, b- because that is, at the end of the day, in terms of accelerating business practices or, or procurement, that, that is absolutely key um, to, to moving the profession forward. Uh, second is about continuing to um, to empower people in terms of uh, uh, providing them the skills and the capabilities and the training uh, that that's needed to give them the overall breadth of business knowledge to be um, successful procurement people. Th- th- those are the two main areas, really, uh, to, to to for procurement to continue to accelerate through this pandemic and any one any other pandemic in the future. Because actually, what we found is that there aren't huge um, shifts in. Uh, you know, overall business practices as far as procurement and supply chain are concerned um, as a result of this pandemic or, or, or any others. Actually, what's been highlighted is that it's the it's the fact that a lot of these practices and uh, best practices have not been adopted fully or implemented fully uh, that has adversely um, affected uh, the, the procurement and supply chain functions or businesses in general. So if you look at, you know, uh, supply chain risks or, or, or um, you know, uh, lack of supply or having to, to, to remap your supply chain, uh, some of these things uh, could have been mitigated to a certain extent if things like 
an over-reliance on SQL sourcing um, and, and things along those lines uh, were not in place in the first place. And, and, and those are the, the kind of areas of business that, that from a best practice point of view, procurement never advocates anyway. Um, so, you know, for organizations that had adopted um, the, 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 the more nuanced and, and recommended strategies uh, where procurement and supply chain are concerned, uh, they wouldn't have avoided um, risk within the pandemic, but they certainly would have been able to navigate it to, to the very, very best of their ability. So so we don't see a, a wholesale change in uh, what's advocated as far as best practice. Um, that's already there, but I think to augment that, um, the adoption of technology is absolutely key because um, that takes organizations to the next level and, and future-proofs them to a certain extent um, against what's going to happen before. Technology, I think, like, like procurement in general, um, a lot of the technologies being relied upon during the pandemic have always been there. You know, Zoom uh, was not invented <laughs> within the pa- uh, during the pandemic. It was already there. Um, and, it, you know, so to a certain extent, I guess, um, organizations should have started to make more use of it and more reliance on on these kind of platforms prior to that but it goes across the board um you know uh, organizations talk about sustainability uh now and and really uh the 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 less use of paper um the 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 reduction in travel um by vast amounts 50 percent reduction in travel 80 percent reduction in travel um the usage of te- technological solutions, uh, electronic signatures, those technologies have always been there. They just haven't been adopted. Um, uh, but now they've been adopted, there is no going back. So the, the technology exists, um, the more widespread adoption of those technologies within the wider business and in procurement um, will certainly uh, set us in good stead and, and enable not just the Middle East, uh, but, but the wider world as far as procurement and supply is concerned to, to be to be well placed to to continue to perform at a high level. The world has changed. Attitudes towards procurement, towards suppliers, and towards how we go about defining value to an organization have changed forever. Will some revert back to the way things were in a pre-COVID world? Or will they take this moment and continue this incredible acceleration and evolution of procurement? Over the next 12 months, perhaps we really will see the Middle East establish itself as the true procurement hub for the world. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next time.